You're listening to the Traffic and Conversion Show. I'm your host, Michelle Fernandez, and today I'm talking the future of digital marketing, Web 3.0. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Traffic and Conversion Show, where it's all about helping online entrepreneurs amplify their content, build their influence, and convert their leads into sales to grow a profitable business and a life they absolutely love. Now, let's get this party started. Hey there, welcome back to the show. Today is all about the future of digital marketing or AKA Web 3.0. And if you're like, wait, what the heck is Web 3.0? Well, it's simply the third generation of the evolution of web technology. So it sounds a little bit more technical than it really is. And it's not so scary. It's just like everything else in the online marketing world, it's evolving. And what's cool is, is that you're here with me And we are going to be giving you, I'm always going to keep you in the know of what's happening, what's working now. So you have the tools and resources that you need to succeed. So if you're not inside my Facebook group, you definitely need to get in there and I'll drop where you can find that in the show notes. Okay. So let's talk for a minute about what brought us to this moment with perspective to data and privacy. Now, the idea is for you to figure out how to use privacy strategically to your advantage. Okay. Now, cookies were originally designed so you wouldn't have to log in every time. Then they quickly realized that they can use these cookies for other things like tracking. Literally could be tracking hundreds of cookies or pixels on websites. That's why the Facebook pixel is so important or it has been in the past. Now, this is really great for marketers or advertisers because all these cookies and pixels they talk to each other, right? That's how we got the data. That's how come when you're shopping for those shoes or that purse, you see them everywhere on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, right? Google, like it's everywhere. Um, However, did you know like the flashlight app gathers all of your contacts? Like what the what? I did not know this. So when I heard it, I was like, what? So it's grabbing information without you knowing that it's grabbing all this other information. And this is where the whole GDPR came out. And if you're not familiar what GDPR is or you're like, oh, I've heard of it, but I don't really kind of get it. I just know I need it on my website. Well, what it is, is the General Data Protection Regulation that was founded in the European Union or EU, right? So it's Europe, specifically for data and privacy protection of that data. So if you are a US-based person, you definitely have to comply with GDPR because if one of your clients is in the EU, then you are now held to the standard, okay? So I just wanted to make sure you understood that. It's not where you, the company is, it's where the actual client lead purchase or the person that you're trying to get is, okay? So that's very important for you to know because a lot of people think, oh, I don't live in Europe, I'm fine, right? So if you're running ads and you're targeting, can like, well, not Canada, if you're charging anything, uh, targeting anything in the EU, you have to be aware of that. Same thing as if your client moves from here to the UK, to Paris, to wherever, you are now capable of this, okay? Or responsible for this, I should say. Now, the EU puts the person first and the company second. So they're saying, okay, what would this person think if I gathered all this information? Versus the US puts the company first and the person second. So its main focus is on what the company wants. And then if the person doesn't like it, then they can just opt out. Does this make sense? More and more people are understanding this whole privacy thing. There are commercials 
that are coming out all the time that, that, that are talking about privacy, right? That you can opt out like these whole iOS updates things like that. You see these Apple commercials are talking about, Oh, I don't want you to know I'm looking at this or I'm talking to who, right? So people are now looking to work with companies that they can trust. The company has to have a purpose of what they're doing with the information. Like you have to have a good reason to use my information. That flashlight example that I gave you is not a good reason to use my information, especially since I didn't even know what you're using it for. If I log into your or I sign up for your newsletter or for a lead magnet or for a mini course or something, then I expect you to use my data specifically for that. Okay. So when you're looking at like, how can you use this strategically to your advantage? Think about big companies. Most likely they treat all the people the same. However, with you having the power of being a small company, like you can actually have certain things in place and you could start promoting that because you'll have these systems right in place to protect the data. You are now the steward of this data, the steward of this information and having smart business practices comes with that. Okay. Um, when we're talking about your privacy policy, everyone should have that on their website, right? And your privacy policy or your privacy notice says what you do, and then you have to do what you say, right? What you do with this information, and then you do what you say. So what do you do with their information? What choices do they have to opt out? These are questions that I'm like literally asking you. Do you know these answers? And does your team understand your privacy policy. Have you even read your privacy policy or did you just like swipe it from someone else or maybe do what I did and and bought it like from an attorney that has like something that you could buy and it's like a plug and play type of thing. It's highlighted where you swap out the information. It's like, did I really read the whole thing? Not really, not until I really understood all this, right? So does your team understand your privacy policy and know the standard operating procedure when it comes to privacy? Okay, so this is not just simply let me put it in there. It's like if someone asks you to delete their data, how do you approach it? And I'm not talking about opting out or unsubscribing. That is not the same as deleting your data. Because if you've ever noticed, and it really it depends on um, what email provider you have, but a lot of times when somebody unsubscribes, they just don't get any more emails. However, you still have their contact information inside your system. You also might have their contact information in other places. So do you and your team know every place your customer data is and who has access to it, okay? So is it in your project management system? Is it on a Google Sheet that's shared with your VA? Any information that's on your project management boards, like maybe you have like shipping addresses or mailing addresses. So when it comes to their birthday or something, you have it in one easy place. You don't have to head over someplace else. Okay. So is any of that information shared with contractors or anyone else on your team that maybe is not an employee, right? Who Who has access even to your employee stuff? And is your employee or are your employees putting this information anywhere else? Okay, so sometimes, you know, not meaning any harm, you might put some data in a place that you're like, oh, it's just easier for me to get it here. I know that I know the company has this process, but right. So what is your process to delete their information from everywhere? So I want you to think outside your email provider. Think about like where you have your funnels. 
Zapier, maybe um, invoicing. Think of the tools that you're using. And also, are you partnering with the right tools? Confirm that the vendors that you're using are not using your customer's data for their stuff. Make sure you know what their privacy policy is and that they have the right functionality that will comply with all of your policies. And then lastly, you need to make sure you have a system in place that you can document what the process is and what you did and how you did it. So for example, um, she requested the re- to remove it on this day, you removed it and you sent an email to confirm it was done. So come up with some sort of system for that. Um, it's our time as small business owners to have that competitive advantage over larger companies because people will trust us more, okay? So when you're looking to create content, maybe that's something that you kind of just drop in here and there, right? You're, you're, or even on your funnels or somewhere, your website, like your, you know, your information is protected, okay? So let's shift into um, effective lead gen in this cookie-less world that we're kind of shifting into this whole web idea. So if I could start off with what happened in the fourth quarter of 2020, it seems so long ago. However, what I'm finding is that a lot of people, even though this happened in 2020 and we're in 2022, they're clueless of some of these updates that happened. And this is just the iOS 14 update. Think about all the updates that came after. Okay. So Apple's calling card they decided was going to be privacy versus the user experience. So privacy became their competitive edge. So basically, Apple said, hey, let's put the power in the user's hands to decide what information that they wanted to be tracked. This is really at the device level, right? Yes, I want my data to be tracked by a third-party website or not. So what happened? Apple guessed that 10% of people would opt out. Well, guess how many people actually opt out? Right. When I heard this number, I was like, what? I mean, we're talking about people that said, no, I do not want my user behavior to be tracked anymore. Okay. It was 88%. They thought 10 was 88. It's like, what the what? This is where everything changed. I mean, think about 88%. If I no longer wanted to trade data for value, when 14.5 came out, it was the, was when the switch to turn on the tracking. So 300% increase in the CPL when it came out, like your cost per lead, because it sent the system into like this turmoil, right? So if you notice like, oh my God, my ad costs came up, Facebook ads are dead, blah, blah, blah. It was because of the inability to track, right? Because people were saying, I don't want to be tracked. That's when we would pop into ads manager. And it was like, wait a minute, it says I have one lead here. When I go to my wherever click funnels, it's showing me 10 leads, right? leads turned into $12 lead, right? And it was like, I can't get it to go down. Like, what is going on? Even a year later, still feeling the ripple effect of more features that you're no longer, like if you've ever popped into Ads Manager, maybe you were no longer able to target certain interests or behaviors, right? And I wanted to point out that although I'm speaking to Facebook ads because that's what I do, this really affects everyone, Google, YouTube, like anything, any websites that have this tracking ability that has a pixel on it, it's basically saying we cannot track you. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever gone to a website and this thing pops up and it'll specifically tell you, Hey, we have cookies on here and we are going to be tracking you for X, Y, Z. You want it to, or no. Sometimes if you check no, they don't let you on the website because they want to be able to track their users, okay? 
So it's up to you of what you're choosing to do, all right? So Facebook had the biggest impact because of their ability of the precision targeting and the reliability of the third-party data. Here's why. Prior to iOS 14, that browser behavior when going to a shopping cart, all of that data is being pushed back to Facebook, even though it wasn't happening on Facebook. Now, Apple is saying, we're going to let the users choose. And when 88% of the people said, no, I don't want that data to be pushed anymore, Facebook's entire business model was relying on that third-party data. So their business model went completely like haywire and really out of the window, losing their capability. So that's why as an advertiser, you're seeing these targeting options disappearing. Again, with the higher cost per lead, it was kind of like not what it used to be, okay? So the whole pixel connection is all changing. So with these privacy policy updates, you can no longer basically leave an ad running, right? In the past, you can create one campaign and let it ride because it was that good. So we're still living with this and we're moving towards something else, right? So with that being said, Facebook is not going to like let this just die, right? They still want to make money. They still want our money <laughs> and they still want the user experience to be good. They want to put these products into the hands of their users, okay? So now what's happening? Now Facebook is saying, and now you as a marketer is saying, okay, I can rely on the data that is happening on the platform, all right? So I'm speaking about Facebook, but just think about this in general, okay, for anybody that's collecting data. So in Facebook, it's like liking stuff, that's showing behaviors, engaging your groups that you're a part of, pages you like, um, in ads, like now you're seeing a lot of these lead forms or messenger ads. Because here's the thing, although Facebook has lost some of their business with this, with this third-party advertising, they're going to invest to make sure that their channel data is as strong as possible. They are still the most powerful out there and every platform is affected by these policy changes, okay? Facebook is still very, very powerful. And like I said, they're going to evolve and figure this out, okay? And what's so cool is that some people are giving up because it's not as easy and it's not as cheap as it used to. So what does that mean? It's opening up space for those of us who are realizing that this is just how digital marketing goes. This is how marketing just is constantly changing and we choose to stay. We are going to be the winners. We are going to be ahead of the game, okay? So as an advertiser, you need to ask yourself, how can you capitalize on the user behavior on the platform. So let me share a simple strategy that you should be starting to use if you haven't already in order to capitalize, okay? So we're talking about building audiences on the channel. So these are all building our warm audiences, keeping them on the platform, like watching our videos, like those lead gen campaigns, like some engaging type of post where you're asking them to comment in or message you, right? Send me a DM and then when they click the button, it opens up Messenger. Think of it as feeding the beast, okay? The beast being Facebook. Then you take them out, get them to your website or your landing page and collect their data, including, like I'm talking about name, email, phone number, right? But including collecting one additional piece of data that shows you what they really want to see or learn about. What's one question that can go along, like can go a long way to make the data more powerful so you can actually amplify that data you're collecting and be very more specific with that next step, 
right? That next step on their journey, that next step in your funnel, okay? Then you own that data and you interact with them by delivering the right message to the right person at the right time. Now on episode 161, go and listen to that if you haven't already, because I share six ways the iOS 15 update affected our email marketing. And I explained some more about this and then gave you some ideas of what you should be doing right now moving forward. And that includes the metric that you're tracking to see if your emails are working, right? And how to start working on this going forward. And I wanted to share an example of this. On a coaching call the other day, a woman was there and she owns a, a basically, I say a pet shop, but it's really like a pet store um, where you can get like treats and you can get like little costumes or toys and all that kind of stuff, everything, pet food, I'm sure, everything, okay? So when she shared the landing page, it was kind of like a newsletter-ish and then it had a picture of a dog, right? And it, it reminded me of a little kid like looking in, um, you know, the bakery where they have the pretty cookies and the kids are like, I want it. It was a dog looking into that, showing the treats. Great picture. Then below it, it said, hey, are you a dog owner, a cat owner, or both? So I was saying, okay, what if you, before they got to this newsletter, what if you asked them that question on the front end? So if she's collecting this data on the front end, when they landed on that page, if they chose I'm a cat lover, then they would have seen a picture of a cat and not a dog, all right? So collecting this information will then the person receive the coupons and information and fun facts or whatever about whether they own the cat, dog, or both. So again, if I'm a cat owner, I won't want bark bucks, right? Or see products about dogs or even see pictures about dogs, right? So how can you like design the pages or the emails with the images of the cats? Because when you're looking at the picture, right? And you see the cats, you're like, oh, it's so cute. If you're a cat lover, you're going to want to see cats. That's what's resonating with you. And you're getting to see this and it's going to want you to continue to scroll through that page, right? I will resonate with the cat versus landing on the page and seeing the dog. See where I'm going with this? So I'd be more likely to open up those emails, click and buy because she's sending me the right message at the right time about what I'm actually interested in. Make sense? So how might you do this in your business? Okay. So let me give you another example. Let's say funnels. Okay. So I'm doing a lead magnet on funnels. I might ask you a question. Hey, where are you struggling most when it comes to funnels? Is it the tech? Is it the conversion? Is it integrations? Messaging, right? When you pick one of those four items, now I can send you the emails or to the next step of the funnel all about maybe tech. Where if I'm sending you something on messaging, you're like, oh, I'm getting conversions. I don't need that. I need help with the tech part. Do you see where I'm going with this? So how might this work for your business? And that is going to be the future of who who is going to kind of make it or break it going forward into the future of digital marketing, right? Because it's all about the conversation. It's a conversational funnel that takes place on your website or your landing page. It must be very intentional. The right questions will help you build interest, um, instant trust. At the center of everything that's happening in all this future of the web, it all comes down to trust. Can I trust you with my information? It builds instant authority. You overcome your own imposter syndrome, right? By asking the right questions, ask thoughtful and insightful questions, and it makes the people say, wow, I never really thought of this this way. It will help you demonstrate your empathy and understanding for that particular person. 
because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when you ask the right questions, you can echo back what they're feeling. You've been there before, right? You understand there. You can empathize their journey, right? You're going to shorten that journey process. You're going to shorten that pain for them and get them well on their way. You want to get the person to say, all right, what do I do about it, right? The benefits will be like the lower cost per lead because it's good content. It's content they want to see. Incredibly high sales conversion. Like we're talking about serving first, help people, helping people and get customized marketing content, copy, case studies, right? So again, if I'm talking about they wanted to, you know, they needed help with their messaging to get higher conversions, right? They're going to want to read that and listen to that. Customize your message often, double or triple the conversion and get really incredibly fast results, less than 30 days sometimes, because it's generating the right leads, not a million leads, right? But maybe a smaller group that are the actual right fit and want what you have to offer. They're more likely to open up those emails because you're sending them the information that they want. They're wanting to take the bark bucks because they own a dog, not because they own a cat, okay? So it's not just about better selling. It's about better serving your market, a strategy to feel good about because you're trying to serve at a higher level. So make it a goal in Q4 to figure out or whatever quarter you happen to be listening this to, to figure out what you're going to start doing and start it now. Start testing in quarter four so you can, when you're planning your annual marketing strategy for 2023, you'll be ahead of your competitors. All right. I appreciate you so much for being here with me today. Cheers to moving into the future of digital marketing. Until next time, let's grow your business together. There's never been a more crowded market in the online world. And every day you are constantly fighting the masses for attention of your ideal client. And we all know that in order to have a successful business is by keeping a steady flow of new leads and sales. And in order to get that, you need a steady flow of new followers to be able to build new relationships and make connections. Getting a steady flow of new followers in such a crowded market is easier than you think. I've created a simple strategy that will help you cut through the noise and connect with your ideal clients quickly and effectively so they will want to work with you. It's all about connecting and converting new leads in 45 seconds and turning those eternal scrollers into paying clients in just 45 seconds. Whether you're still growing organically or ready to pour some money into paid advertising, this simple strategy will bring in new leads who are warmed up and ready to hand over their cash. If you're tired of wasting time and money on trying to stand out, then you're going to want to grab my guide at themichellefernandez.com forward slash four five to help you stand out from the crowd so you can scale with ease. wait before you go, you know there has got to be a better way to get more sales and be more profitable, one that is predictable and scalable. But it's hard to know where to turn when you feel like you've tried it all and are not even sure you trust your own judgment anymore. Well, as always, I got you. I made 100% free video training that covers it all, including why rinse and repeating is causing you to go broke. More leads is not the only way to scale. And the one thing that's preventing your leads from converting into a sale. Let's get off the leads and roller coaster once and for all. Sign up and save your seat for my free live training 
and start taking control of your business growth today. Go to themichellefernandez.com forward slash training and save your seat now and I will see you live inside the training.